Welcome to Dungeons and Diapers. I'm your host Ryan this week, and joining me as always is Crofton. How's it going, Crofton? Ah, oh, it's going great, Ryan. Hey, you know, um, that's somewhat of a lie, actually. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, you know how you do, like, hey, I'm your host this week, and joining me is Crofton. Yeah. Well, I feel like you need to work now as the host like you have to like it's like i'm over at your house you've got to treat me nice you know you've got to be mm. sure my drink is full and, and that i i am well taken care of i'm well entertained that's your okay. job this week well how about an anecdotal story about uh random strangers visiting my house how's that sound entertain me ryan i will okay so funny story this actually happened a couple weeks ago but i wanted to get more information before i shared it on the show because i was really a little freaked out so i'm obviously i'm home with the kids and ashley like everybody else is they're stuck at home and uh there's someone knocking at the door and and during the pandemic and really in general like we've just been like you know what screw it it's our house if we recognize who they are we know they're coming we'll open the door like if it's a a uniformed officer of course we'll open the door uh but uh in this instance there was these two people knocking on on the door they were wearing masks uh but it was during lunch so we're like running around trying to get the kids ready wait okay go. what type what type of masks um like, like criminal masks no yeah criminal yeah they're just they're just wearing criminal masks no bebop um, and rocksteady masks no they were wearing like pandemic masks uh like i think i think they were wearing uh just you know your standard sort of disposable mask the purge no 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 the, the masks are only i only mention them because you know it's someone going door to door uh and they work for an organization if they're wearing masks any other All time right. They're usually not wearing a mask or they are not knocking on your door uh, or they're dropping a package off. But in this instance, they were wearing masks and they were knocking on the door and they're literally like standing at the door and they're knocking and and we're like, it's lunch. We're getting things ready. We don't want, feel like answering the door for strangers. Like it's just it's not something we want to deal with at this moment. And there's they're they're just standing at the door waiting and waiting and waiting. Abby's in the other room and, and Abby yells into the kitchen like, there's someone at the door. <laughs> and uh, and we say, yeah, just, just get away from the window. Like we're trying to make lunch. Like if it's important, you know, they'll leave a note or they'll put something in the mailbox. It's not a big deal. It's probably just Bell or Kojiko or whatever coming around trying to get us to switch to a different you know cable company. That's what it usually is. Uh, and then I finally see them leaving and I think, oh, they're, they're leaving. And I watch them sort of walk across the front window and I lose track of them as they leave, you know, my line of sight and it's like, which is normal. You know, they're probably heading to the next door neighbors to hit them up for whatever they've got. And then I look out the side window and I see these two, uh, the two people who are at the door walk, you know, down our, the side of our house. And we're thinking, oh, they're going to the backyard, just like. They own the place, walk into the backyard. And then Ashley's like, they're going to the backyard. You need to go to the back of the house and see what they want. Like, clearly they want something. They're going to the back of the house unannounced. So I, you know, walk through the house. I get to the back door. I open the door. And, and they're sure enough, they have let themselves into the backyard. And they're kind of just standing there. These these two, you know, just these two random people in, in uh, no identifiable sort of uniform or anything. And uh, they're standing in my backyard and I open the door. It's like, can I, can I help you? And they say, oh, we're uh, bylaw officers with the city and we're just here following up on a complaint. 
And she, you know, one of them hands me uh, her business card. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is great. Um, this is helpful. They have IDs. I now see their IDs, you know, the little IDs you have on, on your uh, sort of belt loop that you can like pull out and they're in, and it's like on a little pause thing. Pa- what? Go, go. So at this point, these bylaw officers, are you thinking like, do you have any inkling like what, like has Abby picked a noise tantrum or something like this? Have you, do you have any sense of why they're there? No, at this moment, I'm. I'm just curious as to why these two people have walked into our backyard. And then now that they've told me that they're following up on a complaint, I'm thinking to myself like, oh, crap. Like, what is it? Wait, do you believe them? uh, At that moment, you know, it's it's hard to say. Like, who walks into your backyard? I I believe them in the instance that they're there in front of me that I I believe they're there following up on something. But, you know, um, I'm just kind of more confused so I asked them, I was like, oh, uh, what complaint? It's like, oh, it's in relation to a pool. And I, I look I look into the backyard and I, I'm thinking to myself, because we put the small pool in, not thinking about the other pool, but I think about the small inflatable pool. And I'm like, <laughs> I, turn to the, I turn to the two bylaw officers and I say, um, it's winter. <laughs> and, and they look at me and they're like, yeah, but we're here following up on a complaint about a pool. And I'm like, oh, well, there was a... And then th- by this moment, Ashley's come to the backyard. Oh, man. To- <laughs> I, it, now, obviously, Ryan, um, long-time listeners of the show will yeah. know exactly where I'm going. I know. Uh, so is this in perhaps relation to uh, the epic Ryan Murphy fill in the swimming pool? Did you do this illegally? And did somebody catch on to the fact oh man if you filled in the pool and you were breaking a bylaw by doing that and somebody's ratting you out i would love this until uh, the end of my days please give me the rest okay so i will address that point in that um well, I'll, I'll finish the story and I'll, I'll circle back to that so essentially what happened was uh ashley comes to the back of the house because she's wondering like why it's taking so long to tell these people to go away they're on our you know they're in our backyard they're trespassing um and i say oh well ashley says well we had a pool we took it out the pool had been there for 30 years it was it was falling apart we took it out and they say oh well if there's no pool there's no complaint so i'll mark it closed and i and i asked like when was this complaint and they said oh 2017 2018 they don't even know the year the complaint was what the i know and i'm and i (laughs) and i can't help it I am one of those folks that like sees something, latches onto it, and then ha- cannot help but make not a smart ass remark, but just kind of like play along. They're obviously having a good time with this. They're clearing out their queue, whatever. And I say, I say to, to the two officers, the bylaw officers, I say, uh, uh, "Oh wow, that's um, you're following up on a nearly five year old complaint. You guys must be really trying to clear out the queue, like the backlog." And they laugh and they say, yeah, we are, but it's all good. We're le- we can go now and I'll mark it closed. It's not a big deal. And, um, you know, a- after they left, we're, we're sitting there with this business card. Ashley and I were discussing it. And this was basically the day we recorded last time. And I said to myself, like, I'll share this story once we know more, because the first thing that without more information, first thing that pops into Ashley and I's head is like, man, are they casing the joint? Like, are they looking at both our entrances to the house, you know, seeing where the lights are, seeing if there are any cameras, they're checking, they're literally checking out the backyard. 
And um, so we have this card. Ashley emails them. Uh, she tries calling, gets a voicemail. So she doesn't leave a voicemail, but she emails the person uh, on the card, basically giving information that only the person who is at our residence would know. And uh, it turns out it was, they were two bylaw officers. They were clearing out the queue. Uh, the complaint was related to a, a violation of the pool that was there. Probably the fencing. It was a fencing complaint. Somebody so, cannonballed. No, no, it was a fencing complaint. Someone had written in a complaint about the fencing, and we pretty much, we figure it probably was the gate because it wasn't self-closing. It was probably put in in the 80s. So, of course, it wasn't up to code. Uh, but, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was legit. It was just one of those things where they were clearing out their, their queue and we weren't even living at the residence. It turns out the complaint was filed in 2016. We weren't even there in the summer of 2016 when this complaint would have been filed. And I mean, it kind of made us laugh cause it's like, wow, if in my mind, a pool complaint is probably something that should be up there in terms of let's maybe take a look at this. I can see maybe six months or near the end of the summer, you, you're, you're, oh, it's, we're just swamped. We can't get around to it. But five years, I would have just deleted the ticket at that point. You'd think you'd, you, you, you know, purge your database of, 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 of complaints that old. Like, uh, we, you know what, it's you know weird. what's so fun. First off, there's a lot that's ridiculous about the story. Uh, it didn't end the way that I wanted it to. No, which, of course not. It? I did not get no, fined but, for all those wondering. <laughs> but uh, but but uh, I, I do think it's funny that the fact that the time gap would be such that not only are, are you a new resident, but the person who complained might might have left and and somebody else might have moved in like because somebody clearly complained to bylaw and that's why they're there five years later but i do really think like in this case there's no pool but as we all know that was your uh, looking more wise by the day decision but at the time was unwise (laughs) uh and there could have been a pool there and they could have come in and they could have given you a ticket for a, literally a complaint made by somebody who might no longer live there about somebody who no longer lives there. Yeah. And you, and then they'd be like, well, you're here. So you're responsible for it. Here's the fine. You know, uh, I think, I think it's hilarious how that, can, that, that has almost sitcom uh, potential. Like the idea that somebody like Larry David would be given like a, a bylaw, <laughs> a bylaw fine by, due to a complaint that was made six years ago about something, you know? Uh, anyway. I feel, I feel like it would have been, you're right. In a sitcom world, it would have been a ticket and you, it would have been a fine. And, and I think the real world, it's like, hey, you come in here five years later, we'll fix the problem. Like if it hasn't been that big a deal, like you can't come at me five years later. I actually don't know how it worked. At first we were wondering like, can they literally like come onto your property unannounced? And I guess- Technically, they didn't come unannounced because they they knocked on our door and then stood there for five minutes because they knew we were home. But like, I guess I don't know how you announce yourself as a bylaw. They they did not. They just they just kind of walked around. But they are allowed to enter your property. Uh, we did look it up, and and it, and it does appear as though they can do that. Obviously, they can't break down your door and like ah, you don't have fencing on your pool, and now you don't have a door. Um, but it, it actually is funny because we did replace the gate. Uh, that was probably the culprit um, when we took the pool out. And I'm, you're right. It is. I, we're fairly certain. Like we know it wasn't the neighbor next. One neighbor next to us because they, um, they also replaced the pool. So we highly doubt it was them. And the neighbors behind us, like that. It's such a separate property that 
the fencing is what the fencing is. It was probably the neighbors, ne- the other neighbors next to us. You'll remember if you listened to episode maybe one or two, um, those folks are new neighbors. But the neighbors, the playgirl the, guy, yeah, the playgirl guy, <laughs> callback. You can go, you can go listen to that if you if you really want to understand that reference. But um, it, before that, there was a there was a uh, a young couple with two small children, or I guess at the time one small child, and they probably put in the complaint for the broken gate because the previous people who lived at this house it was a lot of kids you know i guess they were they had some issues so it was probably the the perfect sort of recipe for um someone filing a complaint but it's just it was just a really odd circumstance and and the two folks that were here the two bylaw officers they were really nice and they took it all in stride and and we didn't have a very long conversation but Ashley did you know follow up via email and we were satisfied with that but I I wanted to make sure it wasn't like some weird scam see if we didn't if something bad happened or whatever but it it is what it was they they didn't have a vehicle either that was the other thing you know Ashley said we would have opened the door if we saw a city vehicle in the driveway but there wasn't pretty much what they did is they probably parked down the street and they had all these tickets there or complaints they were filing up with in that area, and they were just walking around because it was also a really nice day. So, yes, yeah, so it all kind probably, of checks out. It's like Parks and Rec or something. Oh, they're God, sitting around yes. the office yeah. and being like, "Hey, you want to get out do some bylaw stuff? Well, I don't know. It's snowing today. How about tomorrow? Looks oh, nice. Looks all great. right, let's do it." Well, here's the you thing. know, you know, they they hired a bunch of uh, extra bylaw officers here in town with with the pandemic because they wanted to put, um, you know, they wanted to put their best foot forward in that they wanted to enforce a lot of the social gathering rules and uh, have have the bylaw officers in place to be able to handle the increase in complaints that were going to come in from social gatherings and people not following the uh you know, uh, the various lockdown orders early in the pandemic. I remember the news story. So essentially what probably happened was is that everyone in town has been, you know, fairly good about following guidelines outside of, we did make national news last week, but uh, outside of that incident, um, it's been it's been pretty good. So they're, again, they probably have everyone just sitting there like, well, we have nothing to bylaw officer. So we might as well just send people out and clear out these complaints. And I mean, it... It all boiled down to this, yeah, Parks and Rec scene. It's totally coming to me. I can see Amy Poehler just, yeah, I can um, see it. More, more like Tom. This is something that he'd be like, let's hit the, let's do yeah. bylaw. Um, okay, so so I'm, I'm at your house. I finished my Pepsi. You've been speaking for 20 minutes about some sort of story. <laughs> yes. I'm, start, I'm well, starting I'm starting to, I'm starting to nod off on the couch as, as, and, 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 and what are you doing Gee, next as the host? You're a needy guest. Okay, well, uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to move into the dungeon section of the house. Uh, I promise it'll be a little more livelier, less Whoa, ta- talk this is tickets. a kinky party. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, welcome. Uh, shoes off at the mat, please. Um, I, let's talk about some dungeon stuff. Uh, I'm going to let you talk because I'm. you've got one division marked here. Did you finish it? And our, and we are going to do. Are we going to do spoilers? Like I mean, I I I do feel that we should in some capacity. Um, you know, maybe even we can we can put a pin depending on how this episode goes at the end. And, and I can if we I can to. mark. Um, like I can mark the timing now if we just want to get it done, and then people can I, easily skip well, past it. 
I just know that, that when I'm listening to a podcast, it's not always like when they're like, okay, now full spoilers. And then you've got to figure it out and you're walking and you're doing groceries oh, or whatever. Yeah. It's like, and we didn't give a disclaimer off the top. Like I say, we shove it at the end. Um, we'll but, save uh, it at the what, end. What, what I will say about uh, WandaVision, full spoilers. No, just kidding. Ah. Um, the, uh, what, I, what I will say about it is that, um, that, you may recall me saying on this show that I'm pretty much, you know, done with the MCU and superhero stuff. Like, like that, that Endgame and, and, and Spider-Man far from home was, you know, like a, a, a good palette cleanser. And I, I, I'm kind of felt like it was mostly, you know, tied up and I wasn't sure if I wanted to jump back on the train. And like, I don't want to say that the pandemic was in any way a good thing for anyone, but I do think taking a break for the MCU uh, following Endgame and uh, Far From Home as this sort of epilogue was was a good thing for the MCU because I think there are people like myself that if wouldn't necessarily have rushed to see Black Widow or the Eternals or any of these other things that were supposed to come out. Um, and uh, because they, they felt like OD on the, uh, uh, um, on the, on the superhero stuff in the MCU. And I, I do think like WandaVision, I wasn't even sure I was going to watch, but there was a lot of buzz around it first off. And I had literally not much else going on. And I was like, well, I'll check it out. And I liked that I knew the concept of sitcom homages and that as a sitcom aficionado, I, I appreciated that. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll check this out. And I got my wife to, to, to watch it. And she was sort of, she got more into it than she thought, especially as it, as it went along. And it is the most like different from anything else that I've seen at the MCU so far. It is kind of the most unique type thing, not just because it's a TV show, partly because of that, but also partly because of the way that it's designed, what it tries to do, how it balances all these different tones and different characters. I like. I didn't think it was perfect, um, but but it definitely got me much more invested back into the MCU than I had. I had thought that I was going to get. Now I'm starting to look at calendars and being like, okay, what movies are coming out? Oh, how how is this going to play into Doctor Strange? Oh, you know. So it did its it did its job, and I had a I had a good time watching it. Uh, we didn't watch it week to week. We we uh, we didn't watch maybe the first six episodes in a pretty short period of time, and then went week to week for the last uh, the last little bit. But yeah, I I would say I, I really uh, I really enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. What about you, Ryan? Did you watch it? I, I did watch it. Uh, Ashley and I watched it week to week, and it was. Does it was... Ashley normally watch the superhero stuff with you? Um, you know when this is gonna sound. She's not. She doesn't have this strong interest in it. Um, but when something new comes, like for example, Black Widow. Um. If it were, if this was a normal period where it would just come to theaters, I would probably end up go see, going to see it with friends or going to see it alone. Um, but in this instance where things are coming, you know, straight out to streaming or renting or premium renting, um, she'll happily sit down and watch it. But it's not like her first choice. But I think the really good stuff about the Disney Plus um, offering is that it's high quality you know, new type of Disney Marvel content. And I think WandaVision fit in really well where Ashley 
didn't really know who the characters were and i had offered hey we can watch this like marvel legends thing that kind of gives you a seven minute rundown of who these people are and where they what the what adventures they've been through and she didn't she didn't want to really have she didn't have an interest in that but she did enjoy uh wandavision and the show as we watched it week to week and it's yeah but yeah she's not she she likes some of them she's not like she's not like me who wants to watch every movie and an mcu connected thing she'll pick up on certain ones like guardians of the galaxy no interest uh she, she probably wouldn't like which is games. funny because because that one is is one that's you know you could watch guardians of the galaxy and not necessarily watch anything else if anything wandavision i felt was extremely mcu dependent like even even the uh, the side characters, not not to spoil at this point any of the other characters that appear, um, but there's there there are a bunch from a random selection of films, um, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just and 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 references. I had not watched Captain Marvel, like it's a movie I have still not seen, oh. um, and uh, although after watching WandaVision, now I'm much more keen on watching it. I'm like, oh, wow, there's, I didn't think, I thought I, there's other MC, I haven't seen Thor, The Dark Worlds. I haven't seen the first Ant-Man. Like there's a couple of MCU movies I have not seen. And I just, I just felt that they were superfluous in many ways. Like it wasn't a big issue not to have seen them. And then in an end game, they had a big um, sort of like, a moment with Thor that that returns to I guess the world of the dark world and stuff and um and I was like shoot the one I didn't watch and they they go they go there you know and, and now again I felt when watching WandaVision I'm like you're rever- Captain Marvel really like I should have seen that you know uh, um I would I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't have guessed it so it feels like you have to do or be fairly MCU literate to really get a, a lot out of the show. It, it, that, that is sort of my impression. I had to keep pausing and explaining 18 things to Jesse, who clearly has watched the MCU movies, but often once and a long time ago, you know? Mm-hmm. So I didn't, I, I, I didn't do much pausing and explaining. I don't think that was something like, I think Ashley was just enjoying in the moment. I think WandaVision is such this, it's such a quirky, mysterious show and the fact that it's released weekly that if you watch it like a traditional television and honestly i haven't felt this way um about watching week to week maybe since the you know sort of the the you know the prime days of of the walking dead when watching week to week meant like oh what's gonna happen next and before what about the mandalorian um yeah like i'm not see i'm not a big star wars guy so i was happy i was I found the weeks flew by and and then it didn't it didn't really matter like oh Friday I'll watch I'll watch uh usually what would cause it would be the Friday morning conversations and how I solved that with WandaVision is my big sort of social media thing is Twitter so Thursday night around 10 o'clock I would just go mute WandaVision and hashtag WandaVision for 24 hours and that usually helped it 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 helped me avoid all spoilers but with uh, the Mandalorian like I was fine to wait the week because honestly, I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I appreciate the Mandalorian. I really enjoyed it, but I was, I was cool. Um, the only time I probably didn't like the wait was when an episode kind of maybe not fell flat is probably the wrong word, but kind of just left wanting, you know, like needing that next episode to continue the thread. But, uh, yeah, like, yeah, I guess with WandaVision, it was more, 
I'm more in tune with the MCU. I really like the Marvel stuff. I'm not big on the comics, but I really dig what they've set up with this with this movie um, cinematic universe. And I'm I'm just really I was really excited about all the theories, but I also wasn't one of those people that was like, oh man so bummed that xyz didn't happen i'm gonna write a post about it like i was just along for the ride and i think ashley really enjoyed the mystery of it and kind of uh, i think the way the only thing i really had to explain was um sort of what the relationship between wanda and vision is and why possibly this stuff is happening and uh and 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 you know the feeling behind that and really that is encapsulated in the first after three or four episodes they do get around to that but yeah the mystery of the whole show as it was sort of unraveling uh was really cool it's something i haven't really experienced in the mcu like maybe adjacent to the mcu maybe in some of the netflix stuff or agents of shield they explored a little bit of that mystery side of things but not like this this is uh this this fits right in, and I was really surprised that they were able to manage that with uh, with the MCU being such a high high production, sh- uh, you know, party, right? So yeah. yeah, it was it was kind of funny to me how like the um, the the mystery box element, the lost sort of uh, feeling of uh, of wanting to see the next episode or that really like lost is notorious for its pilot it like the, it was one of the high high rated pilots people jumped in and and it hooked them whereas the pilot of wandavision is like you know is not representative of the entirety of the series by any stretch of the imagination it's living the gimmick more than any other part of the show that first episode and um even the second episode like those two first episodes which may have been released together i'm not quite sure but they they, they're definitely um the puzzle box elements are there uh and there's something mysterious that happens sort of at the nadir of the uh, or, or the the high point rather of the um, uh, of the the episode the dinner party at the end of the, the pilot, and um, where where you're like oh something is a little bit weird here, and that might make it may push you on but you have to be on board with watching these two characters do essentially a sitcom homage for an entire episode like it it is a tall barrier to entry like it's in black and white it's it it looks a certain way it's it's like i i personally actually found it quite funny at uh, the pilot but um but it, it 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 may not appeal to everyone and then um again tonally it, it doesn't it is not representative of the entirety of the show um and uh you have to kind of get as you say like three episodes deep before you're like you're like okay you know i'm i'm on now i'm i'm curious about all these puzzle pieces and trying to trying to figure it out it's not like lost where they hook you out of the gate um and i you know after the first episode i could tell like i was into it enough cuz i have enough love for the, the the source material and characters and all of this but i could tell jess was like oh i don't know about this you know and uh and uh, she was on her phone like a lot of the first episode, and then a lot of the second episode. And then I saw that that became less and less as it went on, mm-hmm. and it be and and the tone 
the tone shifted on the show. So I'm, I guess it is funny because my impression is a lot of people watch this show. I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. So I give I, the MCU again and, and Kevin Feige and all of them kudos for trying new stuff and continuously being like, hey, we're going to try something new tonally in a different medium. Uh, and do and and do something different and you know it turned out and it's funny because now the next thing is falcon and the winter soldier and that is really like for me like what i what looks to be traditional mcu just on tv on a tv scale like it Mm -hmm. looks like you know it doesn't look like it's stretching its wings pun intended and um and and uh but now because i saw this I, I'm like I'm a little bit dis, more disappointed in that, and m- sort of less excited for that than than I might have been before. I'm like, well, this is kind of boring. It's like Captain America without Captain America. <laughs> so on paper, so I, we don't know for sure, right? Well, no, that's it. But but they're they're trying to get me in the door, and WandaVision didn't get me in the door with the characters because I don't actually care about Scarlet Witch or Vision at the beginning. And the fact that I do now is a testament to how good the show was. But those are characters that are like, for me, in terms of personalities and stuff, what I would call B-list comic book characters. I would never pick up a comic book from the store that's like Scarlet Witch number seven or Vision number four. I'd be like, boring. Like, if they guessed in a Spider-Man comic, okay. But I'm not going to buy a comic for them. And I thought that they did a, a good job in this in this show of making me think like oh yeah next time there's a wanda show or a vision show i would be on board to see that because i now care about these characters yeah i i think the amc's really always done a great job of, of building characters up and um i i agree with you um when i first heard about wandavision i was like okay based on where those characters at are at from infinity war and Endgame to see what comes next would be really interesting and the mystery of i mean it's not a spoiler you know um having vision return after being clearly killed at the end of infinity war um is is an interesting concept from from just the you know before the show aired uh, sort of standpoint and i think you're right you know the falcon and the winter soldier that is the continuation the, the of uh, the mantle of Captain America. And obviously Steve Rogers, you know, passed that on to, uh, you know, the Falcon and how that works. And I think that aspect of the show is still, you know, hasn't been explored in the marketing. Really, the marketing has, has focused primarily on um, some shadow organization, probably, you know, uh, Baron Zemon or whatever his name is, Zemo purple purple uh ski mask guy and um and obviously the relationship between the falcon and the winter soldier and and their sort of i hate you relationship that you've seen sort of uh in in previous films um by the way if if you're if you're looking to get hyped for what falcon the winter soldier could be from a character perspective watching those um marvel legends for falcon and the winter soldier they're seven minutes each and i think they really break down not maybe less so the winter soldier side of it because like he spent a majority of his time uh either being from world war ii or a brainwashed soldier like that's less interesting but what i think is more interesting is the relationship explored between them two in the falcon sort of legends uh, showing um how (laughs) how they have their banter in the winter soldier and um civil or no was it civil war 
uh yeah civil war it's uh it's really interesting i i'm looking forward to it i just love more mcu but i think that going forward i i'm really wandavision proved that these television series are not just sort of a haphazard approach to keep the mcu front and center this is this is truly an extension of the mcu um and i i'm glad so far that it appears to be fitting in nicely with the quality that we expect from the movies so um bring on i will, more. I, I will just say though like in the, just totally and i hope falcon and winter soldier surprise me but wandavision was creatively ambitious yes the man the mandalorian is creatively ambitious it is it really leans into western samurai stylistic uh music and visuals like really it doesn't just lean on the star wars of old just like Wanda Vision does not lean on the MCU of old, except in certain points, which I won't talk necessarily about. But um, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier, from uh, a pre outside perspective, looks not creative nor ambitious. I am hoping to be proven wrong, but it just, it's just not drawing me in uh, uh, right now. Um, Ryan. Uh, I have another uh, piece of dungeon, but I feel like I just took up a lot of time talking about WandaVision. What do you have in the dungeon? Well, uh, this is <laughs> speaking of holding on to stories. Um, I I actually purchased a PlayStation Five, uh, and I, I had purchased I had successfully purchased it uh, during our uh, before our recording last our last recording, but I hadn't received it until after we had recorded and put the show out and. and that didn't even include all the time what the heck are you doing managing this news like just just give us the news when it's hot off the press yeah well, not you know it's what? Like, it's i had to see if it would come but see <laughs> like, i do this show called the gamers in where i talk oh, about that's true yeah that's I, true now now I, I you know the bylaw the bylaw officer story absolutely that was me holding my cards just to kind of make sure everything worked out but there was no reason to hold on to the playstation 5 thing i just from a from from this show's perspective, the hype of buying, the hype of waiting, the hype of setting up, not necessarily as interesting as the aspect of like I finally have it, I have it all set up. I mean, I'm playing it. I'm 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 knee deep in in video games for it. There's not many in terms of like this is the critical experience for the PlayStation Five, but um, there's enough there, and I think I really just. I really just wanted the bump you know like i wanted the the new technology because i don't have a pc that runs games at quite that level that the next gen systems can your pc is better than mine i know it is but that's the thing is that like it's still not good enough to run these games at a at a level that i'm that i accept oh my god how do i how do i put this it's just here's the thing i had this conversation with ashley and and whenever i make a big purchase that's the the first person i talk to is is ashley and and you know a a conversation as partners and be like okay i want to buy this console um it's hard to find so i'm probably gonna have to try to be buying it for a while and it's expensive but at the end of the day it's caden caden might have to get a job yeah keep going well, here's it's it's less expensive than upgrading the computer. It's not going to go down in price before I quote unquote need one for for a game that's right. exclusive. So the cards just kind of lined up in that like if I'm going to get one eventually, and the first game I want to 
I, I know is exclusive that I want to play, which was Ratchet and Clank. It's coming out in June. I figure like, well, if it's really hard to come by these things, I might as well pick this thing up. It's not going to go down in price by June. It's going to take at least two years for there to be any serious change in in uh, in in the price. So it was one of those things where it just it, it makes sense. Like I I see the price of video cards, and I think that that is you know the bottleneck on this computer is 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 the video card. Like I don't have RTX on my card. Um, but the new PlayStation does, and I'm, uh, I'm all in on those exclusives for the PlayStation. I can wait for the Xbox. It's not a big deal, but I'm just not as interested in doing the whole setting, surfing, YouTube, here's your best optimal setting stuff. I just want to play the game. Although mind you, a lot of the games on the PlayStation five have still video settings that you <laughs> yeah. have to work yourself through because, uh, Miles Morales is a specific one. There's like three different settings, and it's like, oh, do I want to Do you prioritize? want performance mode, or do yeah. you want enhanced performance, or do you want, yeah, no, You're not I wrong. Like, it, there are literally three options, and it's like performance, uh, fidelity, and then like performance RT, which stands for performance ray tracing. And it, they're all different. And really what it comes down to is you want to, do you want to prioritize frame rate, 60 frames, or do you want to prioritize basically the game looking really nice which is gonna you know tank the frame rate but it's still locked it's still a console experience it's either locked at 60 or it's locked at 30 and what you give up to hit those marks is kind of what you have to live with and and really what it's been for me with the playstation 5 is give me 60 frames per second because once you experience a game in 60 frames per second it's very hard to go back even if it looks you know a, i said a smidge better on the gamers in and i and i got feedback on that because <laughs> it's not just a smidge it, it does look a lot better but i find depending on the game you know uh the, the i don't know like see take miles morales like i don't have a playstation 5 but i have a ps4 pro and a 4k oled t display right and I, I'm playing, and, and I, I get the frame rate thing. I've never been a frame rate guy. Like, I know you're like, oh, you're playing 60 frames. I hear all that all the time. I'm like, I'm sure I have played games in 60 frames. I'm not sure what Overwatch runs on my PC, but I'm pretty sure it's, it's you know, it, I, I'm sure I play games in that, and yet I seemingly have no problem playing games in 30 frames. Like, it's really like, I don't think, and I know some people are frame rate people and all of that, but like, uh, the, the graphical leap doesn't seem to be enough compelling enough at this point for me to to want and like like I get you you want to play Ratchet and Clank and I get that I do not care about Ratchet and Clank I still haven't played the last one so like I'm I'm not I'm not but your point about like if you're going to want to play a game on this that's exclusive you know you're going to buy it anyway at one point and uh and so you might as well just buy it now and, and get good use out of it if you can find it. Which brings me to my question. How the hell did you find it? <laughs> uh, so there is this great um, subreddit and also uh, they have a Discord as well. And it's the, the Video Games uh, Video games Deal Canada. And um, it's run by, uh, you know, a team of folks. But uh, the, the main guy, he has a Twitter account. And I... Man, I'm, I'm spacing on this name, but uh, I'll look it up while I'm kind of explaining it. But essentially, what it is, you you go into the you go into the Discord channel, 
you subscribe to a specific rank in in that um, Discord, which will give you notifications for when stuff goes live. And it's nearly instantaneous in the, in the instance of as soon as something goes live, a notification pops up. And because it's Discord, it's instantaneous. As soon as it's posted in Discord, you get a notification on your phone. And that notification will often include where the stock is. So uh, I've been, I was trying for about a month and failing. And then, uh, you know, it went live on Best Buy. And uh, I was able to click through the link and get through the queues and, and get one. It was by no means easy. You know, uh, it took a lot of uh, a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's it. Like, it it is one of those things where, like, if you told me tomorrow, hey, Crofton, we have a PlayStation Five for you, I would buy it. And, and the reason I would buy it is because everybody wants it, and just being able to buy it is is would be crazy. You know, like, I not that I would flip it. I would keep it, obviously, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm I'm into that. But, but um. But even if I wasn't going to keep it and I would buy it because I recognize that it's a hot commodity right now and if I, that you can't just walk in or buy it anywhere and that I've heard all these stories. I've listened to a detailed story on, on a podcast about trying to buy a PlayStation 5. And so like, yeah, no, for that that is why um, I'm glad you contextualized the fact that you didn't just, just wake up one day and decided you want one. You literally were – it was like a side gig for you for – a, a wise to, a while to try to get one yeah and and now that you have one you have played uh miles morales uh and uh, Again. <laughs> uh, my my question uh, i guess is uh, everybody talks uh, about the controllers and them being like a huge game changer and in the the way to vibrate and the tension and on the web slinging from miles morales and all that you played the game on ps4 now you're playing it again on ps5 do you find like oh my goodness this controller's making is it is it really that that uh hugely different yeah so i mean to answer that that question before i do uh the the actual the, the he also has a twitter it's l babbins so l b a b i n z and i'll link the dis i'll link the discord in in our notes if if you're interested and there are there are sort of u.s equivalents as well if you're looking to pick up a playstation 5 or in this case even a graphics card they have ranks for everything but um no i i did play through miles morales on my ps4 pro and and like you i i said yeah it 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 ran at 30 frames per second it looked great um i think it is a cross-generation game so to look at it on ps4 and look at it at ps5 and say well there's not much difference like that's true the big difference is frame rate and ray tracing depending on how you want to implement it um I am playing through, you know, Miles Morales again, New Game Plus. I was able to take my save from the PS4 version, port it over to the PS5. Uh, that was a bit of a, a process. It's not as simple as just like, oh, you have a PS4 save, let's do this. Um, you actually have to go through the PS4 version of the game, upload it to the cloud, and then download it from the cloud, a separate cloud from your PlayStation Plus account. Um, but uh, the the... The controller, yes, is the next generation of controllers. They've really Nintendoed it in that they've put a lot of thought into that controller and and put more into it than you would than you would normally have 
I in, thought you were uh, going to say like the, it drifts right away. You start <laughs> using it, it, it it's yeah. just auto drift. I think it know? is having some issues, not my controller specifically, but the internet is is saying that there are some issues. But I mean, it's it's a hundred dollar controller with a bunch of stuff shoved into it. Like it, there's a lot in right. there. And uh, but Miles Morales is not that example that that is really going to use. And this is what I find with the cross generational stuff, or even the early stuff, is that. The controller has all these things, and Nintendo is guilty of this as well with the Joy-Cons. All the early stuff isn't really taking advantage. It's it's using that that controller feature and just kind of like, hey, we can do it too kind of feeling. And Miles I, Morales I, has that. I find Nintendo is like always like they release a thing and then everything's with the annoying gimmick like Mm -hmm. when the 3ds comes out everything's 3d this and that when the wii comes out everything's like waggle instantly like when switch comes out they're like one two three switch look you disconnect the things and it's like it's as time goes by it feels like nintendo slows the roll a bit and it's like you know you don't need to use the 3d (laughs) Uh, maybe we oversell that or um, you know like they kind of slow it back that's why like i i kind to feel like and i i know you know astro's playroom comes with it as a showcase for the controller it's probably more impressive there i guess i was just wondering if like you you went one-to-one you played this game on ps4 with the ps4 controller and now you're playing it on ps5 is when you're so you can make the direct comparison and be like wow this is much cooler like i can really like it changes me and that's those are the reviews i read were very much like saying like no it's way different playing with it so i i guess i'm just i'm i i'm i am cynical a little bit about that i'm like well so it vibrates a bit differently and there's a little resistance in it how Uh, can it be that different you know it's it's hard to say it's hard to explain i think with again with miles morales it's not a great example of what the controller can do but astro's playroom um which which i i'll talk a little bit about in the diaper section from who i I was playing with the kids but from a technical standpoint it is designed to showcase the controller in a way that is uh that is using every function so um when you talk about there being resistance in the adaptive triggers like it's hard to explain until you until you actually use it like it feels different when you are using a bow because that's the other thing like it it it, it's not even it's resistant but also it is it's got levels of resistance it's kind of like when you picture the gamecube controller and then how you would pull down those those triggers and then it would kind of like you could go down a little bit but then you could also go all the way down it would click in like that is a binary usage of what can be replicated on the dualsense controller and there are other moments where you're walking through a rainstorm and through the vibrations in the controller, they, they're able to mimic what is happening to your character who has an umbrella and the rain is hitting the contr- hitting the umbrella and it's being replicated with the rumble systems of the controller. But also the ambiance is also impacted because yes, they've brought through the speaker from the DualShock 4 controller, but it actually doesn't sound like a broken children's toy. It actually sounds like legit rain happening in your vicinity as you're feeling it. Like you are feeling what your character is feeling as they're walking through a rainstorm. It's really something. Whether that is going to be implemented in Uncharted 5, I don't think so. Um, It's hard to say whether it will exist as 
you know, a gimmick in some of these games, or if it's just going to be used in an Astros Playroom 2, which would be really cool to see. I really love that game, and I would love to see more, but it's hard to say whether these... I think the adaptive triggers will be used more, and, and the rumble as well, but you're not really seeing that in, in the current cross-generation offerings. I'm also playing... I picked up Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and... Um, it doesn't Jordan, use Jordan would be happy to uh, happy to hear that. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. use any of that stuff. Like any of the uh of the next gen controller stuff. Um but it looks great. Looks and plays great. 60 frames per second running at the sort of the performance mode. It it is a big deal. Like until you I think if you like with Miles Morales going from 30 frames per second to 60 frames you do notice that difference while keeping the 4K visuals. It's it's really, truly something. But at the end of the day, we're not going to experience the true potential of owning these next-gen consoles until the later half of this year. So yeah, if you want to wait, great. There are plenty of reasons to wait. If you want to jump in and go through the trouble of trying to buy one, that's also great. Like, I somehow both are valid. I somehow managed to finish Miles Morales at 30 frames. I don't know how I did it. I did I must too. Be, don't get me wrong. I must, I must be elite gamer. No, that's really <laughs> the thing. That game, that game specifically, uh, plays really great at 30 frames per second. And I'm not usually one of those folks that goes, oh, 60 frames per second. But when you have this new piece of technology that can do 60 frames, it's like, oh man, like that is the selling feature. I'm not saying that that's the better way to play. I'm telling you that's the I selling get, feature, right? I guess I wouldn't, what I'm telling you is don't get too attached to that. No, because, oh, of course not. It's because, because it's your selling feature right now with these cross gen games, but like they, they can't even nail like ray tracing and all of this stuff and 60 frames at launch with these things no, as no. the games get more graphically intense and and, and continue to it's just going to go right back down to 30 uh and so i you well, know I, I like that's my you know that's that's my belief it's a valid opinion i i think um when you look at what's been offered and you look at what happened with the playstation generation previous um, you had that dip where we kind of they kind of settled into a groove, but then they did kind of hit their stride with like Spider-Man and God of War. But those are both 30 frames per second games. So whether they're going to be hitting 4K 60, I think that's going to be their mark that they want to hit. And I'm hoping that's what they're sort of going to get to once they're able to fully unlock the potential of the hardware. Um, but you're right. It it could it, it could slip back down to like a mid-range 2k 60 frames per second personally i i don't need 4k visuals i'm i'm fine with you know above yeah. 1080 to still hit that 60 maybe they'll give us the option still i could potentially see the option going away and and you being right in that they settle into something whether it's 4k 60 or 4k 30 i i think those folks that are selling their 4k or their 1080p set and going out and buying 120 hertz uh 4k television i i don't think that's something you should do because i i don't think they're going to be hitting you know 4k 120 with games coming out years from now like it's it's just not going to be feasible for you know god of war 2 to be running at 120 frames per second but yeah ori in the blind forest uh you know a game that came out on the xbox one that has been sort of enhanced for the series x it has a 6k 120 frame mode that's crazy but it's not you don't go out and buy a three thousand dollar tv for that you know 
Too late, Ryan. I just added to cart. I'm like, I didn't know about that Ori thing. 6K, that's the future. Of what I'm throwing future. out I'm throwing out my new super monitor now. It's garbage. Yeah. Um one of the reasons I'm giving you such a hard time on the on the uh, a, a PlayStation 5 features just in general is because I like I, I was sort of like in between games. I'm really as you know enjoying Breath of the Wild with Gwen. I will I will give our listeners a little bit of break from hearing about it. It's still amazing. <laughs> yeah, give Jordan um, a break, man. He did not yeah. like Breath of the Wild. I mean, he can be wrong about some things, but uh, but uh, yeah, Breath of, Breath of the Wild obviously is an amazing game, and when you're playing that, it's difficult in comparison to play other games and be like, where, where do I, ju- where do I jump in? What do I do? Gwen's in bed. I have time to play a game. What's a game that I can play. And, uh, and also all our discussion about like getting away from the PC. I've been at the computer so much lately. And as much as I like, um, uh, you know, my super sweet, uh, monitor, which I might not have mentioned, I got a while back, but, uh, in some of, some of the, uh, some of the, the games I have in Game Pass and all that, like I, I do really want to, you know, sink in the couch sometimes. I'm, I'm you know, especially when I've been feeling pooched lately. So <clears throat> I felt like instead of buying a new game, I really need to look at games that I already own and and uh, and, and see which ones I want to, uh, to, to pop back in and see if I want to give them another spin. Because I rarely do that. I rarely go back and I play older games. And that's what I've been doing with Breath of the Wild. And it's just been such a, a rewarding experience. And I didn't get the most of it the first time. And so I pulled open the, the old PS4 game drawer. And I was going through um, um, a lot of them. And like they had different commitments, right? I had Persona 5 in my hand. And I was like, oh, man, this is... I would really quite like to play this. I never quite finished it. I got very far... I enjoyed it, but man, it's a commitment popping this in. Do I pick up my old save from a few years ago? Do I start over? Ah, oh, geez, I don't know what I'm going to do. Then, then there was, you know, there was other games, um, Uncharted Two. Uh, uh, sorry, The Last of Us Two, still very heavy source material. I haven't played it yet. Sitting in the shrink wrap, Ratchet and Clank, the the one. Oh, for you have Last of Us Two in shrink wrap, or are you just like the the you haven't bought it yet. Like proverbial no, I have, crap. No, no, no. I got it for my birthday. Um, oh, December. you should play it. I yeah. know, like it's pretty dark and stuff, but so, I, so I got pretty close. I was like looking at it. <laughs> I, I was looking at it, and I was like, should I play the first one first? And like, man, do I feel like this right now? It's a long, cold Canadian winter apocalypse. But then I was like, you know, I do feel like an, uh, a game like this. And then, then like as if coming into focus behind the jewel case, I saw Uncharted Four sitting there, which um is sort of like in in my estimation like the lost PS4 ex- exclusive that no one talks about anymore. Like it, it is funny because games like The Witcher Three and Bloodborne and all of that, everybody's still like, oh, I replayed Bloodborne for the eighth time the other day, or I I did this or. Uh, the, they're still spoken about lovingly and all of that. Whereas Uncharted 4, hugely anticipated, shown at many E3s, all sorts of stuff. I get it. It's like a, you know, it's a story campaign, all of that. It, it, it's shorter than some of these experiences. Uh, people played it. It reviewed very well. And then uh, and then it, it was never spoken of again, uh, essentially, uh, it, which I find kind of interesting and um, I had even I had finished it 
And I, I was like, as soon as I finished it, I'm like, I should play that through again on a harder difficulty. Because, um, you know, it's not that long and it's fun. And I've always enjoyed the Uncharted games. And then I didn't. There's another game. I threw it in the box and I never did. So this is my only my second ever playthrough of Uncharted 4. And uh, it's, you know, it's a very cinematic and scripted game in many, many ways, which is not what I've been playing much of these days. I've been playing a lot of things that are kind of like open. And man, it is a fun game. Like that is a good game with a great story that's keeping me emotionally invested. Like there's a ton of suspension of disbelief that you have to do. But aside from that, like I am really enjoying, enjoying Uncharted 4 and also it looks amazing. Like it looks so good. And again, I'm I'm playing it on this new 4K TV that I didn't have at the time necessarily. I'm playing it. Um, uh, there was a patch done for PS4 Pro that gives HDR uh, lighting and stuff like that. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I I'm playing it and I'm looking at it. Sometimes I'm standing up and I'm looking at the screen. I'm like, man, this is insane. It looks so good. And it was you know a 2016 ps4 game and so like that's why partly you're talking about the ps5 stuff and i was just like i just i just don't understand anymore i'm like a this game from 2016 makes my eyes bleed half the time i know obviously it could be at 60 frames or better or higher resolution but man it still looks so damn good holds up very well so i've been enjoying that game i am near the end of it i think it's not obviously it's not that long but it's the longest uncharted so uh Hope to be hope to be done soon, but uh, for those for people who may have sl slept on that game, it's like the idea ideal of a perfect rental game. Like when I would go to Blockbuster and be like, "What am I going to rent this weekend?" Like if I had a game like Uncharted Four for the weekend, oh man, that would be amazing. Like I'd be so stoked with something like that, and it still remains that type of game. So if you're looking for like a game for a week or whatever. Just fit it into your life a little bit. Have some fun. Good escapism. Damn, it's a good game. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking for even a, a smaller experience or you played Uncharted 4 and you didn't play uh, the follow-up, which was Lost Legacy, it's it's same engine as Uncharted 4, more of a bite-sized experience, different characters. Um, brings back Chloe from Uncharted 2 and uh, has Nadine from Uncharted 4 sort of working together. It's I'm... Really I'm I'm curious uh, about uh, about that one, and I am like it's often now both Uncharted Four and The Lost Legacy super cheap all the time, yeah. right? And like so, I'm I, like I honestly do think I'm going to finish Uncharted Four, and now I it was in the back of my mind the whole time. I'm like, this is sweet. I can like then just buy this game and, and jump right back in and do more uncharting with different uh, different characters and a different story and and all of this. So I am uh, I am excited. I am excited to do that. And I almost feel though, maybe this is, I almost feel like the lost legacy is thought of more often. Like people will mention it. I see it mentioned from time to time. Often when people are talking about games like Spider-Man, Miles Morales that are like not quite sequels, but you know, half measures, they, they use the lost legacy as kind of a touch point. But I just find that Uncharted 4 in particular, the only like full Uncharted game that was released for the PlayStation 4 generation was it has essentially like it came early. It was a huge exclusive or early ish, but now with time it's like forgotten. Like people don't just 
don't don't talk about it. I think it has a multiplayer mode, and I used to love Uncharted multiplayer. I'm gonna I'm gonna boot that up probably. Oh no, it's gonna cost me money, isn't it? Forget it. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, Uncharted Four is a great game. I loved it when it came out. I think that uh, Naughty Dog made these great games for the PlayStation Four generation, but I think fell into the trap of uh, not trap, but fell into the the bucket of just you know uh following up on on two great franchises you know last of us and uncharted and i i think maybe you know the reason it sort of enters you know the gaming conversation and quickly exits it's because is because it is um it's not uncharted territory (laughs) you know it's it's something they've done before and a new ip is what you did there i know you even teed me up there um and uh, it, it's just, it's, they need, they were used to them having a new IP kind of each generation. They had it with the PS3, they had it with the PS4, um, or sorry, they had it with the the PS, the PS3 on, uh, yeah, no, that, they had two new IPs on the PS3. It was Uncharted and Last of Us Now, but, but nothing on the PS4. But on tail ends of the generation, they literally put out three Uncharted's on PS3 before they put and out. They're uh, monsters last... when it comes to developing content, and I think that you know they had two teams and they formed them, they kind of merged them together to 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 do The Last of Us Two. I think that that also goes to the idea of how hard it is to develop a, a game these days, a AAA experience, especially at the level that they're they're aiming for with mocap and acting and writing what? and all that. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I re- yeah, I read Jason Schreier's book about like all the game development stuff, and um, and uh, there's a big ch- there's a chapter on Uncharted Four, and uh, and it is like when you read it, and, and it, when I read it at the time, I was like, oh man, you know, like so much crunch and so much different stuff, and like you know, it's it's kind of kind of depressing and the media and the attention and all of that surrounded uncharted 4 uncharted 4 was in many ways like what old what old i don't want to say disappointments are in the pre-anthem time like but but the idea the idea that like it's a well-received game that everybody worked to the bone to do but then was kind of you know uh, forgotten not forgotten entirely but not thought of that much anymore whereas now games will be huge disasters like the same situation will happen but it will be a huge disaster um uh, like in you know in, in, in anthem or even a cyberpunk i hate to say it and then but but the last of us uh, the, but uncharted is really like like with time and space and like going back to it and not you know being removed and having forgotten some of the details of the stories I read in Jason's book, I, I I could just appreciate it for what it what it is and what it what it's delivering to me. And so so I I just hope that people, especially um, I I don't think there's many people that skip the PS4 generation, but if they're just getting back into it with the PS5 and looking for a game to play, I mean, you could do a hell of a lot worse. Oh yeah, for sure. There's plenty of. Plenty of those experiences. Um, well, I mean, let's uh, let's cl- you know close the door on the dungeon. I will uh, whisk you past the can promises I, of future co- content, which is we do can, plan. Can getting... I keep this? Can I keep this whip? Sorry, Ryan. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because I think we're gonna come back to the Indiana Jones screening later on, and it's a good prop. You can uh, you can use it to whip out the lights. Whoosh. Um, because oh no, wait, dimmer switch that won't work unless you're really. Are you good with the whip? 
I'm going to take your <laughs> silence as a no. He's not good with the whip. He's too embarrassed to say that he's good. Or maybe he's too embarrassed to say he's great with the whip. I, I muted myself and then was saying something very clever and then I forgot to unmute. So Did you forget whatever. what the clever remark was? It was uh, it was something about the whip. Okay. Anyways, we're going to whisk you past the, the promise of future content. We do plan on getting back to our kids' uh, TV show review segment or extra content. We have two in the can that we have to get to. Uh, from some lovely extra life donors so we will get to that it's just been crazy busy for the two of us um but uh, we will we will get better but let's move past that to the diapers um yes i am that great host that asks you to change my kids diapers because i do it all the time and really i would much prefer someone else to do it for at least one evening so crofton if you could you know take care of uh, of that but um i have a couple quick ones and and then uh you can chat about your some of your updates that, you know, Jordan, don't include Breath of the Wild, so uh, you're, you're safe to keep listening. Um, I I think last week, or last episode, we talked about the fact that Caden had a loose tooth. It's still loose, which is our, our ongoing saga. And uh, I had mentioned sort of the whole, you know, tie the tooth to the door thing, and you had mentioned a Robert Munch book. Uh, we actually ended up picking up that book because I thought, oh, we, we have to get this if only to explain why every adult makes the joke of, oh, do you want us to tie a string and put it on the door? It just seems like he's going to repeat that to his kindergarten class and, and we're going to get in trouble. So we, we got the book and, and he loves it, of course. And, and I I don't remember it, you know, to to the degree that they go. Like, they don't do the door thing. They uh, they reference it, but I'm pretty sure like they call a dentist and the, de- and, and the dentist says, oh, let's tie this around your tooth. And the kid says, um, oh, yeah, you're going to tie it to a door and slam it shut. And it's like, no, I'm going to tie it to my car. <laughs> I thought, I don't know if this book would fly these days because it really feels like kids could get some wild ideas from this book. The tooth flies when he sniffs some pepper. That's for sure. Yeah, um, I can see that. I, that's believable. But like uh, a, a grown adult asking uh, asking a kid to, to tie his tooth to this car I, as he drives away. I, I think that's I dangerous. like how the... The tooth fairy in that looks like very alternative too. I, I yeah. appreciate. Uh, one thing I'll say is that Gwen has a tooth that is like in the front that is like hanging on by like one root. It's kind of disgusting right Ugh. now. It's like just barely. It's just ready to go. And I'm like, just let me pull it out. She's like, no. And and uh, and I will make reference to that book which we have, um, you know, uh, kicking around. She's like, maybe I should eat an apple. And I'm like, yeah, eat an apple. Um, uh, but, uh, but yeah, that book has, has had some impact in our household as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's been working quite well. And I mean, uh, uh, Caden likes it. I agree with you. The, the tooth fairy appearance was immediately like, that's not a tooth fairy. She's, she's, she's bigger than, she's not a, you know, a small little winged creature. It's like, no, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a fun, whimsical Robert Munch tooth fairy. It's all good. Uh, but if you hear a motorcycle, watch out. Um, and, uh, you know, another thing that we've been doing is we have movie nights. Uh, usually that is cartoons. Um, but uh, Ashley had suggested, uh, not suggested, she's always said, like, you ever seen Parent Trap? And I've not seen Parent Trap. It's the uh, Lindsay Lohan vehicle from 90-something, mid-90s. And... Um, we watched it with the kids and I think from the kids were really excited to watch it because they were wondering, they were always asking like, when are the kids going to trap the parent, like literally trap the parents. 
So they're sitting there on the edge of their seats as we watch this, which is a two-hour film, by the way. So we had to split it up, and I don't even think we finished it yet. Uh, we had to split it up into like three or four set sittings, and the kids would continuously say like, okay, but like, when are they going to trap the parents? And I, I keep turning to Caden and Howie. I was like, don't worry, it's coming up. Just wait, it's coming up. <laughs> and this is, uh, you know, hour it's and a half. Well played. Film. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry, it's coming up. And I've never seen the film, and it's got Dennis Quaid, and it's, uh, you know, it's it's a uh, one of those old school live action Disney films where you can pretty much picture sort of the the style of filming and like it's like a highbrow earnest goes to camp type thing that's how it starts and uh yeah it was just it was a really interesting flashback to what disney movies were in the 90s like a real uh, mighty ducks feel kind of and um but yeah the kids were wondering when when the or my kids were wondering when the kids in the show were going to trap the parents and um so far, it's it still worked. Although I think they've caught on. Like today, we tried to finish it, and they're like, "Nah, this isn't happening. We're gonna watch. Let's watch a cartoon because clearly these parents aren't going to be trapped." And I kept saying, "Like, see, that's the parent trap right there. They tricked their parents into like meeting again. Parent trap. I've never seen the parent trap. It's um. It's so it's I don't I don't know what the parent trap is. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. It's so Lindsay no, Lohan. I- you know, uh, young Lindsay Lohan. She's probably, I think she's like 10 or 12 or like whatever. Like pre-cocaine? Uh, yes, very much so. <laughs> she's a small child. And uh, Dennis Quaid, uh, pre-Randy Quaid going cocaine. Um, and yeah. those those are the two big names uh, in the film. So essentially the idea is they have you have this couple. One is uh, this like, you know, fancy designer in Europe. And another is this American who uh, is, is also fancy. They get married. They have... Is Lindsay kids. Lohan the designer in Europe? No, no, no. Lindsay Lohan's the kid. I'm getting to it. So they oh, have sorry. twins, right? Those twins are Lindsay Lohan, uh, who is not a twin. Uh, it, is, it is her playing two, two characters, these twins. And essentially, at a, a young age, uh, the parents get a divorce. And again, I, I, I didn't explain this to the kids, but I turned to Ashley. It's like, this movie's terrible because there's no way a divorce court would like allow this to happen. But essentially... They each get a twin. They agree. Yes, they, the parents agree <laughs> to each take a twin. And thinking that is like a good That's idea. Amazing. That's uh, amazing. And, and I mean, I, I said this to Ashley and she said, well, if the parents <laughs> agree, like no court is like i i I, like really do you you don't think like a court would have an issue with you splitting these kids up like nah we got two of them so i'll take one and and look ryan they're not regular kids they're twins so it's like they're made for sharing no (laughs) but and 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 hence the plot of the film what happens is these kids don't know each other exist they both go to the same summer camp yeah i know the parents kept the kids from each other they don't know they have a twin they discover this by chance at a at a summer camp in like wisconsin so somehow this highfalutin european uh uh, version of lindsay lohan gets sent to this uh this wisconsin camp at the same time that dennis quaid's kid gets sent to the camp they meet each other they realize what's happening they both know of the fact that they have a mother and they have a father i think they have a photo they have one photo but they don't know much about their other parent that they don't live with so essentially like 
the divorce was so bad <laughs> that they just don't talk to each other. They don't they don't have anything to do with each other. They live on different continents and they literally took these twins they had and separated them. And and I I can't even I can't even begin to fathom it as like you as a parent saying, "Well, we have twins, but I'll take this one and you take that one and then we'll but never also, meet again." It's so the, and, or or know each other exists and then we'll meet at this camp by coincidence. Look, I thought Uncharted required a lot of suspension and <laughs> disbelief, but this is really pushing it. Yeah. Well, this is a Disney movie, a, a remake of another Disney movie from the 60s. So you can kind of imagine like where this the root of this story comes from and that it's it's uh, there's a lot of, of disbelief. But anyways, it's like so I didn't really follow along a majority of the movie, but essentially what happens is they they meet at the camp. They decide to say, hey, um, we're going to play a parent trap. We're going to we're going to swap places. I'm going to go back to Europe. So I'm going to teach you how to talk like me and talk all fancy uh, with a Europe with a, a you know a, a British accent, and uh, you're going to go back to the farm to the vineyard in California where where Dad lives, and we're going to try to get our parents back together because they're still they're divorced they haven't remarried, and I mean I don't know the ending of film ending of the film but I'm guessing that uh, in tr- true Disney fashion like they i'm guessing they don't get back together but the but the kids now are more of a family you know like they they don't separate the kids again i just i can't even fathom having twins and being like cool with your your uh, just splitting them up and like i'm ne- now they are emotional when they see the other kid and like oh, i never thought i'd see my other kid and it's like you'd think eventually you'd kind of you know figure it out and 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 you know do some co-parenting but no, evidently not. These 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 two divorcees were like, nope, we have twins. We're splitting it down the middle. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna live in Europe. I'm gonna live in the states. At least uh, they weren't Siamese twins. No, no, they didn't literally have to split them um, down the middle. But uh, no wonder. Yeah, I tell you that that's a that's a crazy movie. Now I'm I don't know, curious. But they they don't trap the parents and the kids caught on. So we ended up watching Brave, and uh, they were they were happy about that. Um. But yeah, I, I want to know about this snow fort you built because I mean, this is this must be an old story because here it rained and there's no snow left. So, yeah, it was. Uh, now I, I know that you live in what what I guess we call Canada's tropics, but uh, here yeah. in Ottawa, it's still winter. Um, it's starting to uh, to heat up a little bit. But uh, what's funny is just that the uh, so I live in a semi-detached. We're, we have a new, not, they're not new anymore, really. Like it was over the summer, but neighbors moved in on the other side. Uh, they've family, young girl, we've hit it off really well with them. It's too bad that it's COVID or we would actually have them over sometime. But, um, but uh, we, we both shovel our, we both shovel our driveway, me and Ryan. Uh, yes. His name is Ryan too, because all Canadians are called Ryan. True. Um, and, uh, and uh, me and Ryan neighbor, uh, like shovel snow uh, from our driveway onto the same collective middle part. Uh, and that middle part uh, in front of both our houses kept getting bigger and bigger, but not evenly distributed. Really, I was making a giant wall on my side or a giant pile from the driveway snow. And he was making a giant pile on with the driveway snow on his side. And so before you knew it, 
we had what looked like two giant mountains with like a very big gap in the middle. And so we went in and shoveled and made a, a wall on the, the front. And next thing you know, we had a fairly large snow fort. We started making stairs to climb up the giant mountain. Really, the walls were taller than me at one point on the um, uh, on each side. And the girls were just like, it was just great. They didn't even want to go to the park anymore. They were just like, let's go in the snow fort. And they go out and they're climbing things and trying to build like we had like a living room area in the snow fort where cool. like the, you put the, Gwen was making like a table and this, and people would walk by in the street in front because it's all in the front yard would be commenting, being like, Whoa, that's pretty big. I'm like, yep. It's uh, it's a good time. It just sort of came together. It required not a ton of work. Um, and uh, yeah, now it is, now it is melting, but uh, I mean, um, because of the size of it, it's still it's still around, and uh, it's going to take a while for it to to melt all the way to the bottom. Anyway, slow news day on the diaper section for Crofton. Aside for uh, epic snow fort, and uh, we got the kids back into swimming lessons. And now that now uh, Clara's a bit older, they're both getting taught at the same time, and it's like it's like the one thing. It's on weekends. Uh, it's all just bubbled up and like you you have an instructor he can't get in the pool with you i get in the pool with the girls they have a really good time and that's super cute because gwen is giving clara private swim lessons in the bathtub every night <laughs> so so like when it's time for bath i'll be like just uh you know clara will walk up and in her cute two and a half year old voice or almost three year old voice will say Gwen, can I have swim lessons? You know, and uh, and uh, Gwen will be so excited. Oh, yes. And then they go up and Gwen's like holding her in the tub as she's kicking and all of that. They're both in like great moods lately and in, in, enjoying, the, um, you know, like a COVID sucks, but like Breath of the Wild is awesome. And so like there's there's a lot of there's a lot to en uh, enjoy and they're they're concentrating on that stuff. Uh, Claire is almost done with the diapers. So um only overnight and that's been great she's been doing continued to do a great job on that so things are kind of being like i want to say slow on the diapers section no no giant milestones but they've gotten really they're getting quite a bit bigger and life is getting kind of easier and and uh that's uh that's pretty awesome that's good yeah no i i think i'm sort of in line with you and that there's not there hasn't been a lot of, uh, you know, big milestones lately, but it's just been little stuff. And I think with, um, I think you nail it on the head with the fact that, you know, the kids are happy. I, I think that's, that's been my experience too. And even though, um, we are still in this pandemic, I, I think these last couple of weeks, the kids have just been really stoked. Although, you know, we had, uh, we had someone come into the house, uh, today for, um, sort of just a, a check-in. And, uh, it was, it was someone new and they were wearing a mask and everything and following all the protocols, but the kids were stoked. Like Caden came up from class and he's telling this complete stranger all about how he's in class and he has a tablet. And I'm like, man, these kids really miss sort of just being around other people. And I think that's where we're hoping that the, uh, the winter does subside so that we can get out more and, and at least, you know, stumble upon other folks in a socially distanced manner but uh, it's not something we've we've been able to do we're not doing a lot of activities out and about with uh with the kids but swimming lessons that sounds it's something we haven't done and i mean i also don't want to open up the con the whole pool conversation again uh because that would obviously uh you know be 
keep the show going for another 20 to 30 minutes but um you know i did i did explain in the playstation 5 section that uh can (laughs) i make a funny (laughs) yes go ahead and and you would get a bylaw violation (laughs) there's no bylaw violation in having a pool we actually we do have a pool we have a we have a pool that's if you for small children if you open up the pool again like you may get one Anyway, all I'm maybe saying. you're right. No, that's a good point. I don't want to ruin your uh, your your pool dunk, so I'll I will I will edit that out. No, I won't. Um, but I I mentioned in the in the dungeon section that Astro's Playroom is is certainly one of the best experiences that you can get on the PlayStation Five in terms of taking advantage of all the new technology within that new DualSense controller. But um, playing it with the kids, Kane and Abby both loved it. Uh, it's one of those experiences that feels very much like they tried to do Nintendo. They tried to make a Mario game within the Sony sort of sort of ethos, and I think it worked really well. You co- you control Astro. You're running around these environments, a lot of platforming, um, but there are also these segments that are a little more. Uh, laid back um specifically there's a segment where you jump into this what appears to be this like weird sort of satchel or backpack and then you have to use the touchpad to like zip it up so the kids were like i'd hand the controller to the kids which is always wary because it's like oh this is a brand new hundred dollar controller here be very gentle with it (laughs) and uh they you have to like you know um swipe up on the on the touchpad to zip up this um little bag and then it turns uh the robot into like this um ball and then you have to use the trackpad to sort of just like guide the ball through the level and the kids loved it and again it was just one of those things where it was a it was a fun experience for me because i was getting to play the new console and it was a fun experience for the kids because they were getting to to experience this brand new mechanic that they had never played before you know using a touchpad to kind of move um, this ball across, you know, these beautiful worlds. Uh, but they really dug Astro's Playroom. I think if you're, when you get a PlayStation 5, that is a game that you are going to love playing with your kids. Uh, just from sheer spectacle to being able to hand the controller. Even to Abby, I was able to hand the controller and she was able to do some of the sort of the uh, the, the smaller less dangerous uh, moments with the super monkey ball s type gameplay so that's when you can add to your list when you get a ps5 to play with your kids i think they would really dig it for sure she took she took it in, the controller into her hands and then it slipped out dropped on the floor and ryan's like ah, ah abby that's daddy's 100 dollar controller and then <laughs> then and then she's like i sorry daddy and then she picks it up again and she starts playing she's like Wow, you can really see the sixty frames. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> but, but look, I, I, no matter it, how much you you dog me on this, I'm not <laughs> going to relent. That I'm, I'm I am stoked to have this thing in the house. I oh, you but, should but be. I, I totally understand. Like for folks that uh, it, whatever you need to tell yourself to hold on, because again, it is expensive. I'm just but jealous. I I totally get where you're coming from, though. I think. Um, it's it's one of those things where there isn't that killer app right now, but if you want to play some really solid games at uh, at, a, at a higher fidelity and and you can make that work, by all means, go for it. But if you have a are strong you... PC, there's really no point in uh, in making the jump right now. Um, are you gonna play Demon Souls? No, no, I <laughs> no, I'm not gonna play the one game that is exclusive to the PS5. I'm not a, I'm not a Demon Souls guy. Like I hate that stuff. It, it 
it's too hard. I will fully admit that I'm not good at those games, and that's what makes them not fun for me. I just feel like graphically, it's probably on a whole different level of anything that's out on PS. Oh, oh yeah. maybe, maybe you know what? Maybe Assassin's Creed Valhalla is probably a pretty uh, impressive. Yeah, I'm, and that. and that's another one that I um I played on you're, PC for a little bit. You're like, I I'm not playing that. I'm like, all right. No, I am. Oh, I am I'm not playing Demon Souls, but I am playing Valhalla. I, I played Valhalla on PC. I subbed to a month of Ubisoft Plus just to kind of get a taste for it because at the time I wasn't sure when I was going to have the PS5 in my hands. Um, but moving from the PC to the PlayStation 5, like I'm able to take advantage of, you know, lock 60 frames, um, no no stuttering, which I did have on the PC, plus HDR, which has been um, interesting to say the least. Like it's been a bit of a struggle. It I guess it it has some hdr issues but once i was able to kind of get that working it's it's been a lot of fun but um it's uh it's it's been a very busy sort of season especially with uh trying to to get some time with the playstation 5 and whatnot but um that is gonna do it for our normal sort of dungeons diapers episode uh crofton do you do you want to do spoilers for wandavision quickly we're already hitting the hour and a half mark I'm, i'm curious what you think uh no i'm good i i i'm pooched i'm gonna play i, I want to do a little bit of uncharted 4 before bed i think i'll uh i i think i'll pass on the one division spoilers tonight if you guys here throw it to the listeners if they want us to do wander vision spoilers bearing in mind it's going to be a couple of weeks till we next record you know you write in and let us know and we I, i'm more than happy to do it on a future episode uh if there's an appetite for that from the uh, from the listeners, I'm also uh, more than open to do a deep dive in Breath of the Wild if that's what they want. <laughs> I can I I can run through all the different areas, rank them, tell them what my favorites are, best characters, all of that sort of stuff. I'm I'm open to the listeners' feedback. If only there was some way they could send it to us. Yeah, yeah. Maybe someone will write in and tell you just to play Age of Calamity and stop just loving Breath of the Wild so much. Um, you can do so uh, by emailing us dad at tgistudios.com. If you want to tweet Crofton directly and you know he wants you to because that's the only reason he's telling you to is you can find him at Crofton Steers. And if you want to tag me as well, I'm at R. Murphy. The show is at D and D cast. If you want to throw in a quick shout out to your friends about one of the greatest parenting and or video game and or WandaVision podcasts out there. Uh, please do so. That helps the show grow in numbers and followers and all that fun stuff. Uh, and if you want to tell them where to find all of our backlog of episodes, tgistudios.com slash dad. That is going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have yourself a great couple weeks, and we'll be back with hopefully Breath of the Wild, WandaVision, um, uh, other spoilers, probably Falcon the Winter Soldier stuff too. I'm only going to be able to see your tweets in 30 frames a second. <laughs> I, however, will be able to be seeing your tweets at a superior 60 frames per second. Ooh, and ray traced as well. The reflections oh. of your tweets. One day I need to, I need you to explain to me the difference between ray tracing and HDR, but today is not that day. Oh, yeah, good, because I got to go read a Wikipedia article because I do not know. <laughs> uh all right and we're out yeah yeah you go play video games i'm gonna also do that